Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. What's going on, you good humans? Welcome to guest episode 118 of Good Humans Podcast with the legend, Jack Crisp. This is a good episode that you're going to really love. Big thank you, as always, to our sponsors, Drinker Epper. These legends take care of my brain and so many of yours. The neuroscience drink, all designed by some of the best neuroscientists in the world with the one sole thing in mind to make your brain perform better. Both short-term performance, long-term brain health, this stuff is a magic potion and I highly encourage you to check it out. If you head over to their website, drinkarepa.com, you can use the code GOODHUMAN for a big 25% off all their products. But also you can check out all the science, you can learn about the product and you can understand what you're putting in yourself and yeah, make some really positive choices when it comes to your brain health. So go check it out, use that code GOODHUMAN for a big 25% off. Okay, today's episode, Jack Krius, far out. I was so stoked to do this episode. Um, I was in Melbourne recently and got to spend a bit of time. I went to the MCG, watched my first ever game, Collingwood beat the Cats. I think it was 109 to 101, very close, awesome game. And yeah, Jack, through the, my other good friend, Luke O'Halloran, who's from Luke and Sassy Scott, was like, Jack um, might be keen for a potty. Super interesting guy, great friend of mine. And yeah, he organized free tickets. We got to go in the locker room after their win. Such a cool experience. I'm, I'm just super, super grateful for Jack for teeing that up for me. Got to sit next to his dad, actually, which is really cool. Learn a bit more about him. But then, yeah, we got to have a chat a few days later, and it was incredible learning about his family, how important it is to him, learning about his journey when it comes to the AFL, learning about what has made him the sixth player ever to play 200 consecutive games in a row in the AFL without missing uh, a single game with injury or any other reason. So phenomenal to get that record six ever think about how many afl players there's been bloody crazy but then also on the journey towards being the most ever consecutive i think if he plays up until the end of next season he'll move to second and then he has to play the next season to get to first so i'm cheering for him for that i'm also cheering for him to take home a win with collingwood this year they are about to take out the minor premiership and then hopefully they can yeah go all the way to the top this year this was a beautiful chat i loved every moment of it if you enjoy it please do me a favor share it on your instagram story tag both me and jack it means the world for me to know that these podcasts are getting out to so many people and yeah having a really good impact just learning about people's stories can open our minds so much to yeah be relatable with people and learn from their stories which i absolutely love do me another favor hit like and subscribe if you enjoyed the episode hit five stars all that good stuff really helps the pod get out there and yeah i, I can't wait to continue bringing the, these amazing chats the last month or two has had so many great conversations go check them out after this one but first let's jump into today's chat with jack crisp how you going mate yeah very good mate thanks for actually coming to my house to do this this is a great setup in the comfort of my own home oh mate i'm um very stoked to be here and get to connect and learn a bit more about your life you're someone who i'm super inspired by you obviously work on the field in the afl but you've got a beautiful young family you've had quite an incredible career so we're going to get to know your story and afl i'm going to be honest isn't something that i'm super aware of i have had actually i've had three afl players on now i've had isaac quainer who plays with you at collingwood now oh did you i had isaac yeah. on he was my first um afl guest yeah cool i think yo pro hit me up and they're like hey would you have one of our athletes oh, on isaac and i was yeah. like yeah absolutely then I had um, Dan Gorringe on and I had yep. Dil Buckley on as well. Too. Yeah, yeah, nice. Good mates of mine. Yeah. Yeah, legends. But no, AFL's um, good fun. And thank you. You let me come to the game on Friday night. We went and watched Collingwood beat Geelong. You yeah. guys got up and fuck, it was Mate, a close game. You were very happy after the game. You looked. Uh, I was, yeah, I was pretty drunk, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a couple of beers deep. You having a few with me, old man. But uh, yeah, it, was, <laughs> it made it all better after the game, I think, because um, yeah, it was a great win. And then obviously seeing everybody up and about makes the vibe uh really really worthwhile yeah i was frothing it was my first time ever getting to go to the mcg to watch a game and um getting to like sit with your dad and luke our other good friend and 
have a few beers and really enjoy the game and then getting to come in the locker room and watch you guys sing the song was something that I'll never forget, to be honest. I'm like yeah, so yeah. grateful for that opportunity. So thanks, man. No, no my pleasure. It was cool. No, it was it's just fun. Yeah, Friday night, can't beat it. Like some good teams going at it. Obviously a fair bit on the line for in terms of finals. And um, But yeah, it was great to get the win and obviously yeah, really great to well, have you there, have Dad there, have Luke there. Everyone, everyone loved it. Yeah, it was fun. All right, let's get into this chat. There's two, one thing actually I do to open all my Good Humans podcasts with, and it's the same question for everyone. So what are you grateful for right now in your life? Uh, I'm grateful for my family. Um, they have been um, an outlet from football, um, obviously, because this in, in, a, in Victoria, you know, football and AFL is just like everywhere, everywhere and everything. So the be to, to be able to mentally switch off, you know, win, lose or draw or – after training, whatever it is, bad day, always come home, family, makes you smile. So mm-hmm. being able to just like pretty much at the click of the fingers, just turn your mind off and just focus on the family goes a long way. goes a long way if, uh, for happiness and just kind of makes you think about where you are in life and you know, what you are grateful for. So mm-hmm. it's definitely the family. Brings a lot of perspective too, huh? When you're like in this insulated world of like AFLs, everything, you've got so much expectation. And like you said, being down here in Melbourne in Victoria, you turn left, right, or look straight, and there's something to do with AFL. So to be able to switch off from that and also yeah. realize, oh wait, there is more to life than just AFL. Must yeah. be so important. And that's it. That's exactly right. And I think um, a lot of football clubs have kind of changed their dynamic a bit as well in terms of being family orientated. I think uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, is you know, obviously footy, 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 and you know, more footy is better. But I think people are. And clubs are starting to realise now that, you know, you need that work-life balance um, mm. if you want to get the best out of the athlete. I think, yeah, it's very, very important. And um, our club's definitely one that has made some major changes in that over the last few years. Yeah, it's been really cool. Like, even going into the locker room the other day to watch you guys, I was thinking there's going to be beers flying around and everyone's yeah. shaking them. But it was a big family sort of scene. Like everyone's yeah. got their families and people around in the room. You guys sing your song and then you have like a little side room if people want to go over there. But yeah, yeah it seems like, the club at Collingwood, such a yeah tight knit crew, and is super family orientated, which is amazing. No, it definitely is. Wouldn't change it for the world. Um, Mickey is very grateful for it as well, and obviously there's a lot of players and staff that have kids of their own. Um, to so to have that environment where they can all come in and like just run around in the rooms together, and um, everyone we have functions at the footy club. You know, everyone's got their kids and partners, and you know, close friends if they if they're available as well. But yeah, all, all enjoying each other's company and just yeah. being. Feeling part of the football club. Yeah, love that. I was telling you real quickly off air, this podcast is a little bit different, I guess, to some podcasts. I'm not just going to try and be the entertainment guy and go in and talk to you about all hot topics in AFL. I want to get to know your story, who you are, what's made you the man you are today and what's made you one of the most successful, I guess, AFL players of this last little generation with two over 200 consecutive games. I'm excited to get to know how the hell you do that, how you've managed to keep your body consistently surviving the batterings that you get week in week out mm. but we're gonna get back to the start first so let's rewind where were you born where'd you grow up what was life like let's call up until you're a teenager as a kid dynamics as a family brothers and sisters what do i need to know about your upbringing that shaped you to be the man you are today right well, we'll see how it goes probably yeah. there's a bit bit in that yeah yeah there's a bit in that but there's, there's uh, a chance for you to reflect and yeah yeah so i'm a small country town man um from myrtleford which is northeast victoria um, the Alpine Valley region, you may or may not know, near Wangaratta and Bright and um, like the Snow Ski Mountains as yep. well with Falls Creek and um, Mount Hotham and Mount Buffalo. So I grew up there, uh, got an older sister, two younger brothers. Um, so it was four of us. And then we had um, my dad's uh, side of the family around uh, Myrtleford as well. So I got a few cousins around. And mum's side, there's mum's one of seven, I think. Um, six sisters and one brother. I think, no, one of eight, yeah. And then they got one uncle, one auntie on my dad's side. So big family. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, very we're very close. We um played a lot of basketball over the summer, um, and then basketball through winter through Angarata, fair bit of football obviously as well. Did athletics growing up. So kinda of did the works in, in the sporting world a little bit. Um, but we also did a lot of water skiing, love going out to Lake Buffalo, which is around the corner. So dad and that still got a speedboat, we still take out. Um, just getting the kids into it now a little bit when we can. Um a fair bit of camping as well. So just a lot of kind of family bonding stuff. Um, and a big theme for us, I think, is just family first, that that the old man um, kind of installed in, into all of us. And I've actually got that tattooed 
on the inside of my arm as well. Good on you. It's a nice family motto that probably, yeah, definitely helped shape who we are and who I am, um, being a big family man. Um, I hope a lot of people can see that with yeah. what I'm doing with Michaela and the girls and soon to be a new baby. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, but yeah, like, it was, yeah, great, great growing up. Like, we'd always get along really well. And it was always just us as a family on holidays. Mm. You know, I hear about Michaela telling me they go on holidays with their cousins and some friends and stuff all the time. But every time we were asked, it was like, not nah, just family time. Wow. So was, you could probably tell that, yeah, that's definitely part of who I am. Um, you know, small school as well. Um, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Going to school in a small country town. Was yeah, it? I think it was probably 250 kids at my primary school. Yeah. And then my high school was about 100 and, I think it was 190 but then we joined up with a with like a different primary school to be a P12 college and you know, it bumped us up to about 350 400 <laughs> wow that's tiny yeah yeah so even like year 7 had 30 32 kids in our grade and by the time I got to year 12 there was like 16 of us wow yeah um so it was different but I love you know love growing up in the country because you could just do so much mm. um probably you take it for granted if you grow up there. Yeah. Um, but Mickey and I love getting back there in our in our spare time now to kind of refresh and get out of the city. So important. It's like getting away from the city life. It's like, just quiet. Uh, oh, it's just it's just, just it's like taking a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It's crazy. I did it um a like little camping trip out in the woods a couple of weeks ago with my um partner. And it was like no reception for two days. And I came back just feeling like a new person. It's it was, so good. Like you don't understand. Like until you actually do it and you're like, mm. oh, I needed that. Yeah. Um, but even now I still go camping on a family camping trip. Um, normally there's not much service there as well. So it's kind of soaking in just fishing, camping, just sitting around a fire, just pondering life. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> that's the thing. You connect but with people, stuff, you actually have yeah, conversations with your family, with your partners good, and go yeah. deeper than just like sending them a new meme that's popped up on Instagram. Yeah, I do that a fair bit to a lot of friends that like, <laughs> Generally stop at about two or three and I'm like, I can't send any more. Okay. That's <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that fresh air in the country is just, we love it. Great views. You can walk, go for long bush walks and mm. just kind of soak in all the serenity and just real feel good vibes. Yeah. Um, it's a lot slower pace, but it's, it's nice. Yeah. Love that. So that's where you grew up. That's, that's definitely a bit of the same for me. Yeah. Let's talk about that high school period, small school, older sister, two younger brothers, how was high school for you? Do you? Were you close with your brothers and sister? Um, when did football come into the picture? Yeah. Yeah, is it pretty early, I'm guessing? Yeah, I was probably more close uh, with my older sister. I think we're 19, 20 months apart, whereas um, Callum and Ryan, so Callum, the brother under me, was a three-year three gap. Okay. So he, he, when he was in year seven, I was in year 10 and Jordan's year 12, so we're kind of towards yeah. the back end. But um, that, was, that was pretty good. Like Jordan obviously had her friends and stuff, but we'd do – the same school athletics, the uh, same cross countries. Like we'd always kind of be off going together with our own friends, of course, at school. But um, we we were supporting each other like that. Um, football, I was doing football and basketball. Um, but in terms of the rep stuff, like I played for a rep basketball team. But when there was like kind of tryouts for the the higher um, stuff, like Vic Country and all that jazz, I wasn't getting picked for any of that. Um, so I think by the time I got to sixteen. I made the decision to focus on football. So I left the basketball scene and because um, I was getting picked for more school footy stuff um, and the Vic Country stuff. So I was getting a lot more opportunity. So I made that my focus. Uh, lucky I did because obviously I ended up getting picked up. But um, that was kind of my journey there. Um, yeah, what stage was it like, you know what, becoming like an AFL football player is my dream? Cause well, that, that was always my dream to be honest. And I still was. remember writing in my grade six yearbook like dream job, play AFL. Yeah. Um, I went for Carlton at the time, so I did write play for Carlton in the AFL, <laughs> but not anymore. Happy with Collingwood. <laughs> yeah, very happy with Collingwood <laughs> and where my life's played out. Um, but, yeah, football's always been a big part of my life. Um, but so, so sports, to be honest. Like I was, seemed to go all right at cross country and the, kind of the long distance yeah. um, running. Um, and then obviously doing athletics when I was younger probably helped with all that stuff, but that was always one of my major strengths and it still kind of plays out with yeah. the longer running and being able to run out games really well in the AFL. Um, what, but, about, uh, what about school? How'd you find school? Were you academic? Did you enjoy nah. it? Did you hate it? Did you? No, nah, I like going to, like I like going to school you know, you're with your friends yeah. and stuff, but um, by the time I was finishing school, I was not, I could have done 
more, but uh, I think I was too hooked on Call of Duty at the time. And <laughs> <laughs> it's funny where they say I'm 29 as well. I think you're like eight months older than yeah, me. Yeah, it's like the Modern Warfare Two stage. Yeah, it? exactly. <laughs> I remember it was so funny when I was like, it would have been like yeah, that age, like that 15, 16, 17. So oh, yeah. the same time as me, I was at the time like professionally surfing. And I was like barely surfing when I was at home. I'd just sit there playing COD from yeah. when I finished school until night. Yeah. And I'd go away for a surf comp and I'd come home and my mum would always hide my play, my Xbox <laughs> and just and just wouldn't let me do it. Or I'd be like yeah. pulling Ethernet cables through floorboards like under the house <laughs> up to my room so I could get away with it. Oh, that's that good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think because in year 11, I did a few. So Sorry, in year 10, I started units one and two like over year 11 subject. Yeah. And then year 11, I was doing the year 12. So by the time I was in year 12, I'd already done a few units. So, so I didn't, I only had like four subjects in year yeah. 12. So I had a lot of free periods and yeah. we lived across the school oval. So like, I think my Thursday I had the morning periods off. So I'll just stay at home, whatever, and go in after recess, do two classes. And then I had the afternoon off, so I just go home. <laughs> yeah. So I was literally at school for like an hour and a half or two hours on the Thursday. Like, Love that. Yeah, that it was like great. a sleep in, PlayStation, just... Oh, how good is that? How yeah. good is that? So let's talk about the last year of high school. Where did you think future was going to be for you? Were you pretty sad and you'd started to get selected in teams for AFL and you were like moving into the AFL sort of scene straight after school? How does it kind of work for yeah. you to move away from country back into the city to have a bit better resources? So, yeah, in uh, year 12, I got picked for the Vic Country squad. So I was playing playing footy for there as well throughout the year, which was pretty cool because um, that was the first time I actually fully made the squad. Like in the previous like 16s and stuff, I'd only gotten so far but not actually made the final final team. Yeah. So, that yeah, that was the first time I'd been picked there. And then I, when I saw the team, I was like, yes, I'm in it. Like first trips down to Tassie, I was like, how cool is this? Yeah. Like, oh, it was so cool. Yeah, super pumped. Dad was super pumped. Um. So that, yeah, that kind of year was obviously the year we would get picked up and stuff. So I was, I had a reasonable year. I won the um, Murray Bush Rangers Best and Fairest, um, which was the team I played for in the NAB League. Played the Vic Country. Um, so I was, at the end of the year when the draft was coming on, I felt, you know, quietly confident. So you drafted straight after high school, year after high school. Yeah, the year, you finished year 12, did our exams, finished those in November, I think. And then I think the draft was middle November. Wow. Yeah. But um, so yeah, so I went to draft camp. Draft camp was in October, sorry. Um, While you're still about to do your exams, I think so. Yeah, might have been um, school holidays. What's draft camp? Talk me through that. Someone who doesn't know AFL much. I tell yeah, you. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, so I draft camp. I don't, is. I don't know if it's the same now, but like it was over three days. Um, so you go through a series of physical tests. Yep. Um, maybe a couple of fun reaction tests, but it's like you do some kicking. A kicking test, a handball test. There's like vertical jump. There's like an agility test, mm-hmm. a little sprint one, and then there was like a, a 3k run around the oval. Like a, a lot of them are on kind of different days as well. But then you were getting interviewed by football clubs as well. Oh, so wow. some people might only have four club interviews, and they were more at night time. Um, I happen to have 12, I think. So, so I was like, yeah, a lot of teams interested. Yeah, this is yeah. cool. Feeling pretty confident. Like I tested pretty well. Um, but yeah, after that, like three or four days, you're just knackered. Like, boy, your your hammies, you're screaming and stuff. Cause yeah. you've done lots of physical training as well. Um, I think there was a beep test in there as well. Um, oh, beep test. So yeah, so, <laughs> no, I haven't done it since then, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, and then yeah, so then after that, it's just kind of wait till draft. Wait until draft. Yeah. So and then I watched the draft at my uncle's place. Dad couldn't watch the draft because he was too nervous. Oldest um, son, mad AFL fan, oldest son first. Yeah. At least you probably knew you were going to get drafted well, after the camp, yeah. Well, that's all confident, but I didn't actually get picked up in the national draft. Oh, you did Which we thought, we thought I would, so I was, yeah, pretty flat. Yeah, tell um, me about that night. Well, yeah, so I had a message from my friends, like, if I get picked up or I don't get picked up, we'll just go to the pub, celebrate or drown our sorrows. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so I didn't get picked up. Dad was real flat in the car. I was pretty flat. Had a call from the manager from Big Country. There was like two of us or three of us that were in the team that didn't get picked up. And just obviously saying it's not the end of the world. Um, but it was just, yeah, hard to stay positive. But I ended up just having some beers at home and not going to the pub. Just mm. a couple of nights. Um, and then two days later, I went up to schoolies for the week <laughs> with my friends. So I didn't book schoolies because, yeah, I just 
trying to get drafted. If you got drafted, you would have gone straight to like camp and start. Yeah, so literally get picked up in like three days, you're up. Wow. So I didn't get picked up. Um, and then my, so mum booked me schoolies that night. <laughs> literally flew up. So the draft was Thursday night and flew up to surface on Saturday. Spent the week up there. But I was still went for a run every day because when I think I wanted, the first day I got up there, um, my manager was like talking to St Kilda and stuff. So when I got back, from schoolies, I was going straight to St Kilda to train for a week. Yeah. So I was still going for a run every day, make, making sure I was still fit enough, yeah. um, looking after myself up there. Um, so the, on the last day we flew home, dad picked me up um, from the airport, took me down to, they were at Seaford at the time. So I've, I had an auntie in Melbourne, so I just stayed with them and then went down to training every day in St Kilda for the week, trying to train for a spot on their list um, for, for the rookie draft, sorry. Um, and that was in December like the rookie draft. Oh, so the second, so two the, different drafts. Yeah. They're, I think they're on the same night or the, like the day after the national draft at the moment. But yeah. back when I was doing it, it was like three three weeks later. Oh. So it was just a big waiting period. Uh, and yeah, didn't end up getting picked up by St Kilda, even though like trained there for a week as well. Um, but How does but, that feel for the, for the ego and the confidence, being someone who's like played for Vic Country, all your teammates, well, majority of your teammates get picked up. Not yeah. getting picked up. How's the well, self worth feeling then? Well, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, I, I kept training. Kept, yeah, yeah. Like, because when I was training for a spot in St Kilda's list with the uh, with the three other guys that were there, I was way ahead of them when we we're doing running stuff, which is good. Yeah. So that made me feel good. Um, and then, well, the t- when the rookie draft was on, I was at home at the time. Mum was just watching it on the iPad. I wasn't even watching it because I was just like. I'm not going to watch it, put that stress. I was just playing Call of Duty again. <laughs> My happy place yeah. where I was getting angry the and yelling at people. <laughs> but yeah, and, and I think pick 40 in the rookie draft, my name popped up. Mum came in and was like, yeah, you got picked up. I was like, really? Was like, yeah. Who am I like, playing for? Yeah. In Brisbane saw my name. I was like, sweet. I just didn't know really what to think and then just went back to playing COD. <laughs> but then like later that afternoon, um, a Brisbane Lions rep came out, uh, had a chat, whatever, and then um, – Pretty much had a that was on a Tuesday and then on a Thursday I was up in Brisbane. How is that? That's something yeah. that like I look at other sports. Obviously, like it's probably even bigger in AFL than NRL with like the changing of clubs and stuff. And it just must be like so gnarly. Like especially as someone who's young. Like obviously you were saying before you supported Colton when you were a kid. Yeah, you have like this sort of like perception of where you're going to go and then like in the click of a finger it could be like all right you're moving to perth or yeah. you're moving to brisbane tomorrow yeah, and so especially was... coming from melbourne anyone who, or from victoria anyone who's probably from down here must want to play for a melbourne team or from a vic team because oh, yeah. there's just a support there's uh, probably endorsements that come with it there's there's far more of a community that's supportive of afl yeah here. i get that i was to be honest just quite happy to go anywhere yeah. like obviously you support a team but you just want to get picked up yeah yeah you want to um, play but yeah, Thursday I was up there um, and then met him pretty much Thursday afternoon, all the players, blah, blah, blah. Friday shh, was a little training session and then I think Saturday morning was we just did some running and then the boys had obviously organised their cricket game already. So we had a bit of a play with cricket, a few beers. That was, that was a great way to do a bit of bonding as soon as you get up there. Yeah. Um, and then Monday went into, went into like a, a camp, the young guys, first of four years, went to some full-on camp for three days. How's that? I hear these camps are just... Yeah, I spoke sometimes. about it like on another podcast. It was just like still the hardest camp I've ever done. Really? Yeah. It was like three days with a special emergency response team and kind of like implementing some of their protocols and training that they go through. So it's just all about um, it's all about team stuff, yeah, yeah like yeah. you're supporting your teammate. Are you going to get team through like all the team? Yeah. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. So it was extremely tough, um, especially the first thing you're going into. It's like what <laughs> like have I got myself mate, into. I remember the, the first thing, like we had, we had our big um, like hiking bags on with your food for three days and your sleeping stuff, and like you know, change your jocks or shoes, whatever it was. But the first run was like some 10k run with your backpacks on. Oh. I was like cramping in my quads, just like oh. <laughs> can't show any pain either. It's like yeah, first mate. couple of days, first impression. Man, they're waking you up in the middle of the night to hold the bags above your head and stuff oh. like that, and just oh. it was one of those like stressful ones. But it's all about coming together as a team and mm. understanding each other. Um, but that, that's just, yeah. I was only there in Brisbane for a week before it was Christmas. So that's what I pretty much did. Just go up there, and had some beers, meet them, and then get flogged. Yeah, and then you're like, Whoa, Christmas break, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Straight away. But yeah, um, yeah, that was a start. So that was, it was good. That's was, so crazy. So I was, yeah, really glad I got picked up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But just straight out of high school, I had no idea. 
Yeah. Just to show the research I do for my podcast. But I just had no idea that it's just like well, yeah, bang, bang, straight out of school. Especially the blokes from the national draft, like mid-November, whatever it was at the time. Just the exams and you probably had a week and a half before the draft was on and all of a sudden you're at the footy club training. Yeah, wow, well, like, with the big boys. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, it's hard being a 19-year-old. I'm thinking back to when I was 19, <laughs> the immaturity that I had, like who well, I was as a person 10 years ago, and it's good because we're the same age. We can relate to this probably yeah. together. I look back at the Cooper Chapman at 19 and this is what I talk about a lot with my business and you might be able to relate to this as well. My whole identity was, you probably don't even know this about me, but I used to be a pro surfer. So I traveled the world as a pro surfer for like 10 years on yeah. the World Surf League. And when I was like 19, 20, I had quite a lot of success. So I used to like think I'm Cooper the pro surfer. My mates would pat me on the back when I'm doing well. Like you'd be the same. You have a good game, you're like up. Yeah. You have a bad game, you're down. It's like, I'm sure probably now that you're, a bit older and wiser and more mature, you probably don't ride that roller coaster that you might Not have ridden much. a bit more. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But that's how I felt when I was younger. So like, how was it getting thrown in as a 19 year old into a team of like, imagine you chatting to you at 19 right now, like how you must have young players in Collingwood coming through and be like, oh, yeah, oh. well you do. Yeah. yeah. Like you can just see how excited they are to get there and learn and, you know, give it a crack. Like I, my birthday's in October. So I, Turned 18, had the exams, you know, had like a month and then I was drafted. So I was just... Yeah, you're an adult. Good Dang. back end. And then, you know, meeting like Jonathan Brown, Simon Black, Michael Voss was the coach at the time. They're like the big dogs that I knew. Yeah. Um, But I just thought, oh, this is great. This is great. Like meeting everybody and then I forgot everyone's name straight away because there's just too many people to meet. <laughs> I do that <laughs> every like, room I walk into. I'm still terrible with names. <laughs> me too. Me too, me too. But yeah, it's just you know, surreal, like living in the country, like small country town, whatever. And then all of a sudden I'm living in Brisbane, a city. I've never lived in a city before. Mm. Um, had a couple of little car accidents as well because I was like, hey, you drive in the city? <laughs> no way. They're different. Yeah, Brisbane Completely sucks different. for driving too. You take one wrong turn and you end up like yeah, on, the other, side of the, on yeah. the other side of the city. It's so hard. Um, but yeah, so you just yeah find your feet pretty quick though, which is good. Um, and there was a lot of kids that got drafted with me at the same time. So you're on the path together, which is great. Yeah. Clubs have great programs in place where the development coaches, you know, put a bit of time and effort into developing you as a, as a footballer and as a person. Yeah, making sure you're comfortable yeah. moving to a new yeah. town by and, yourself. And, and, you know, for ones that are interstate, some kids getting homesick. So it's just, there's a lot of things you have to deal with. But, yeah, um, yeah clubs are generally pretty good at having those conversations with the players and when they need to and, figuring out what they could do to help yeah, and yeah. help support them in any way. So how was that first year at Brisbane? What was that like? Mate, it was good. Did you get some game time? And I did actually. Um, I'd been a rookie at the time. I could only play senior footy if um, someone on the senior list was like on the long-term injury list. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to play in a couple of practice games, the preseason games, which was pretty bloody cool. I was very stoked about that. Like the guy. Yeah, we won one of them, I think. The first one was like against the Gold Coast. And I remember like came on at half time and as soon as I ran on, like the legs were just like heavy and shaking. Really? Like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Fucking actually play. Yeah. Playing ASL, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, got the first couple of kicks and tackles and stuff. And I thought, okay, then you just kind of work into it, which mm. was great. Um, But then, yeah, obviously couldn't play round one or two and then round three, our Ruckman tore his Achilles and then he was put on our long-term injury list. And I didn't didn't think anything of it at the time, but like well, two days out from the game, around four, I think, and I was doing my kick and warm up, and one of the blokes, Sam Doherty, who was drafted with me, came out and said, "No, oh, Crispy, you're in the you're in the squad this week." And I was like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, you're in the squad for you know the game this week." I was like, "Oh, heck, was that?" Didn't think anything of it, and then yeah, they <coughs> tell you you're playing your first game, you're like, "Oh, this is nuts." So then they flew mum and dad up for yeah, the I was game. About to say, yeah. yeah. Mum and dad get to come along. Yeah, so there's a few milestone, like milestone games and stuff like that where the clubs get to yeah, pay for the families to come along. So, yeah, that was pretty surreal. Mum and we played Gold Coast, the Q yeah. Clash. Yeah, it was yeah. good. We won by Derby. 60-odd points, I think, and um, kicked three points. Yeah. <laughs> Three points. If I'm a, I'm a no mathematician, but that means you miss three goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the misses is like I'm um, the worst miss of all time. No way. <laughs> Bullshit. We'll get that up on the screen. From my first game, was like the ball was in the goal score, and I was like, "This is my shot." I came in hot, kicked the shit out of the ball, and just went bang straight to the points. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, oh, uh, right. uh, made up for it." 
Yeah, kicked a couple more points. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I played. Yeah, played a good game. Um, Mum and Dad have got the photo in their um, bar room at home, like of me singing the song in the first win, which is pretty cool. Sick. So that's a cool memory of that. But yeah, went on to play ten games that in my first year, which is really cool. Amazing. Yeah. So Did I, could, I read online six AF six. Did you play six that counted towards your consecutive? Yeah. So the last six of my third year, Brizzy. Okay. Up until now. Oh, so you got injured at Brizzy? Oh, you didn't play consecutive? No, nah, no, I was in and out due to form and okay. like opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then when I got my opportunity in my third year. Yeah. So, second year, you're sort of in and out of the team. Yeah. I only played two games in my second year. What happened there? Um, I had a great preseason. Um, played really well in the intra club. Um, and then I think I got a caught calf there. And then, like, as I was coming back from it, I think I well, was in the squad for the last preseason game. But um, coaches yeah, said that they didn't think I trained well enough. So I got dropped from training, which wow. okay, you know, I think it rarely happens. But yeah, I was just like, well, I didn't know they could do that. Was, <laughs> just give us a spell. Come on, yeah. just training. No <laughs> but yeah, from then I had to work my way back in. Didn't get another opportunity until like round 10 from good kneeful form. Got an opportunity. I think we played Collingwood, got done by 10 goals, 11 goals, whatever it was. Dropped again. And then I think it might have been around 17 or 18, worked my way back in. Um, I think we lost again. I got dropped again. And then that was it for that year. And then, well, that was it till all the way up to around like 16, 17, my third year, Brizzy, which was the start of my streak, which I'm on now. It, it, yeah, it just baffles me that that was the lead up to it, to yeah. moving to Collingwood and the fact that you've got played, how many seasons now at Collingwood? This is my ninth, so. Ninth, so. Nine Back seasons of, without missing a single game yeah. after the turbulence and the yeah. fluctuation of um, it's Brisbane. Pretty, it's pretty nuts. Tell me about the about um, the trade, what that was like, how how you felt going into that. Yeah. Well, it was or quite. It happens with the trade. It was quite Are interesting. You just kind of yeah. And get a phone call going, sorry, well, you're gone. Like, nah, no, no. Nah, nah. Well, I was obviously talking with my manager. Yeah. I wanted a kind of fresh start because um, I felt like I wasn't getting enough opportunity. I'd already yeah. made up kind of my mind probably later in the year before I was even playing the footy um, at Brisbane. But uh, we were trying to have a play for Essendon at the time, I think. Um, I went and v- viewed their um, facilities, caught up with the list manager, with my manager, um, thinking that might be the go. Um, but like when the trade period was nearly over, like my manager was calling me and saying, I'd, you know, I had, a, had a, sorry, an offer on the table for Brisbane as well, two-year one. Um, and he called me and said, I don't think we we're going to be able to get a trade to Essendon. It's not, not going to work out. Probably have to just take the Brisbane, uh, sorry, the contract to Brisbane, which I was like, yeah, fair enough. That's fine. Um, as long as we gave it, we gave it a shot. Yeah yeah. 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 So I'm happy to do that still. And I'll tip in, you know, yeah. with, with my contract there, I'll have a fair old crack. Um, and then like, I didn't call my manager back for like an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it was. And I called him back and then like, he told me, he's like, oh, mate, we've got a deal. You, you're going to Collingwood. And I was like, wait, what? If I had called you back within that hour, I would have taken the Brisbane contract. So it's just so wow. funny in that hour, an hour and a half, something like that happened. Um, and then, yeah, so this was like on a, fr- on a Friday, I think it was. And then I had my 21st party on the Saturday. Um, and then that night, one of my mates came up and showed me an article saying, I'm like, I'm a missing piece of the, the, some trade because Dane Beams wanted to go to back to Brizzy at the time. And there's like a picture of me. I was like, ah, there you go. Like, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, pretty cool. And then um, on the Monday, I was down in Melbourne doing a screening at Collingwood. Um, and then oh, happened so quick. Oh yeah. How do you have a second day hangover from the twenty first? Yeah, I just recovered all Sunday, and then Monday <laughs> <laughs> drove down to Melbourne. <laughs> but yeah, it was so funny. And then obviously Bucks was the coach at the time, and he Bucks called me that Monday night. Um, and I hadn't spoken to Nathan Buckley since. But he was a Vic Country under-16s coach and he cut me from the under-16s team. Uh-huh. So the first thing he said to me was, oh, Crispy, how are you? A long time no speak. And I was like, yeah, how are you, mate? We haven't spoken since you cut me from 16s. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally our first conversation. We both just had a good laugh. But, um, yeah, very, very thankful that a trade got done and uh, ended up being the best decision I've made for my football career. So very, very grateful that um, they came to the party. And, um, yeah, it's just the timing of everything is just, yeah, wow. it's a funny thing, isn't it? It's crazy. So then, yeah, back down in Melbourne, back closer to family, it felt yeah. nice to move back down. Yeah, it was nice because knowing that for for, my, for Michaela as well, just closer to Yeah, well, how long have you and Michaela been together? 
So you guys were together. Yeah, um, since 2012. Yeah, so she nearly failed year 12 on attendance, like just by because like, she was coming up to Brisbane to see me. No way. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, it was probably like a few days off failing just on attendance. Wow, because he was flying up to see a football player boyfriend in Brisbane. Yeah, <laughs> very funny. Um, but yeah, so we both came back down, obviously. Um, but yeah, lived on the north side of Melbourne. A bit easier to get back home up the highway to see the family if we needed or for them to come down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then like my goal was just to play round one um, and then round two and then round three and just so on just to be consistent and keep playing footy. And then, you know, sure enough, nine years later, I still haven't missed a game. <laughs> yeah, like, we're going to like sort of work yeah. our way through this Collingwood journey now Yeah, and start to – yeah, understand where the longevity comes from in your career because yeah, it's pretty nuts. Because like my first year at Collingwood, did you have any injuries like when you were younger, or like was your body ever something? Have you ever had that intuitively feel of like of I don't think I I don't know it's because it, I don't I myself as an athlete had never really had an injury that set me back. Like I never miss a event either from like anything. Very different comparison. I'm yeah. not getting tackled by people week in week out. But did you ever feel like Oh, I've got like a lot of games in a row in me or is that just something that's just sort of happened over the years? Yeah, well, yeah, I've felt like one of my biggest strengths is just being able to kind of back up and go again and go again and go again, whether that's um, whether that was like cross-country running or something, I feel like I can just grind things out Agreed. Yeah, and just keep going. Whereas, And that's my strength out of other people where they, you know, they might be out here, we're going well together and then by the end of it, they're going there, but I just yeah. keep going. Yeah um so that kind of resilience i feel like is a really strong trait of mine um, where do you think that came from i think it's just kind of built up over time a little bit like obviously doing athletics when i was younger a bit of football a bit of basketball not getting to certain spots mm. um yeah, a fair bit of a mindset thing i reckon as well just positive talk in my yeah. head as well no i'm just keep going keep going do you have a mindset coach or do you work with any sports psychologist? Uh, yeah, we've got a sports psychologist at the club, Jackie Lauder. She's like she's now employed by the Collingwood Football Club, which is great. But I started seeing her in like 2019 uh, for other reasons outside of football. Um, but she's just one of those people you generally talk to and just you, know, you can get things off your chest, but then you talk about like your performances. And it's hard it when it's a sports psychologist yeah. in a club as well. I had the same sort of feeling with Surfing Australia where you had a sports psychologist. It's like this weird balance of like, you're my like football kind of yeah. like person. So I don't want something for you to be, come, get back to the club that he's not going to be able to perform because of this. Yeah. It's a hard one. No, she's, yeah, she's quite good. Works with everyone individually and, and as a team, as a group, which is great. Awesome. Um, what, was I, what were we talking about before that? I don't know. Let's go, back, let's go to first season of Collingwood. Oh, no, no. I want to talk about, um, yeah, making this trade, getting down to yeah. Collingwood back with um, your partner down here, closer to family. Yeah, tell me about that first year with Collingwood. Do you feel like you gelled into the team straight away? Was it a yeah. good transition? No, I think it was. I think it went really well. I actually came down, I think I was like four kilos heavy. Um, I think I was 94 kilos or something at the time, which is nuts. I still ran okay, but like I was probably on the chubbier side. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so I did some extra training sessions in the first preseason, but trained really hard. You know, got the reward, played practice games, round one, round two. Ended up having a, like a really good year. Played all the games and ended up finishing third in the BNF. Wow! Which I was like, what? this is bloody cool. Yeah. Like, um, you know, Collingwood, one of the biggest clubs in football in Australia in history, and I'm on their list. And I've come third in the BNF, like. Dane Swan and Pendlebury were the only ones that beat me that year. Isn't that crazy? From like, like barely get not barely getting a run, but three years at Brisbane with yeah. like not that many top level games, and yeah. then you move to one of the most renowned clubs in the you know what I mean the league. Yeah, like as all, all like, I wanted was a more opportunity, and as like what you kind of described to make another trade work, but then you end up being top three player for the club, playing the whole season, and then. Not missing the game for years. Yeah, that first season. Did that give you a bit of confidence? Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, because as I said, all I wanted was opportunity. And, you know, I was given that and just have a crack week in, week out. And then obviously get some reward for effort I was put in, which is fantastic. Um, and then obviously, yeah, we just have to keep finding ways to back it up and back it up. So I didn't have 
quite as good as year in 16 and 17. Um, I think 16, I came ninth in the BNF. Um, and then I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm better than that. Mm. Like how's, how's as, BNF, and as an individual goal. Yeah, just as an intrinsic motivator. How does BNF work? At the end of every game, does the staff vote on points or something? Coaches, I think. The coaches, yeah. Give their votes. Like, every club's different in the yeah. way they do their voting tally and all that jazz. But, um, yeah, I think I came ninth. And I remember just using that as motivation over the preseason for 17 as well. Yeah. I think I came seventh that year. It's like the same thing. It's like I can, I'm better. I can keep yeah, going. Yeah. Keep going. I'd use that to push myself over off season, and then obviously train really well in the preseason with the footy club and try and get better and do all that. Um, so I ended up having a really good last five years. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. You've won two, haven't you? Being yeah. Honest. So 2018 when we made the granny, I came fourth. Are you guys going like who? Who'd you play in that granny? Well, West Coast. Have you won a grand final yet? No, that was our only, our only no, opportunity like so far. I feel bad that I haven't bloody got to. No, you're right. I haven't done, I haven't done my research. We don't, we don't talk about it, mate. No, no, we won't talk about it. No. I always I always expose myself on this podcast. Let's talk about that then. Let's talk about grand final. What's it like running under the MCG before a grand final? Talk me through the locker room, the feelings, the oh, nerves, mate, well, what's the whole, gone through your head. It wasn't so much nerves, but the whole build up. Because it was like, about winning the prelim final, knowing when that hooter goes and you're like, holy shit, the yeah. next game we run on is grand so final. So the whole um, build up for 2018 was pretty nuts because like we hadn't played finals, like, even 14, kind of missed out, but 15, 16, 17, there was no finals. I think there's a lot of pressure on the club as well, but we're playing really great in 18. Um, we just spoke about how everyone's kind of like riding the wave, like how good it is, it's exciting, it's fun, everyone's loving it. Um, we think we went to Perth, lost to West Coast in the first final. Um, that was a really good game. Like we were still game, I think they got us by ten points. Um, and we knew like we we're a good team. Come back to Melbourne, beat the Giants in the semi, um, and then we played Richmond, who were finished the season eighteen and four, and were like flag favourites. And we ended up like starting really well against them, and end up winning by like, seven eight goals, I think it was. Wow. And then after that, like everyone was just confident, going off. Like even throughout the weeks, there was heaps of people at training. There was like thousands of people at training just to watch us train. Wow, it's like full on. Um, and then like there's a grand final parade the day before um, where you're on the back of cars, like two players in each truck, just waving to, there's like, there's like a path that you drive down. It goes for, I don't know how long it goes for, but there's just like numbers and numbers of people everywhere and just like literally just waving everyone. Felt like the queen was doing these ones. <laughs> or the king. And that, I was absolutely nuts. But yeah, granny, that was absolutely nuts. Like you literally, vibes are high inside, but you run out through the banner straight line up get a team photo grand final photo and just into warm up and then ah mate there's a hundred thousand people at the g for the granny yeah what well, talk me through the locker room how's that feel what sort of what sort of well, I can't remember. Pro, what a talk does your coach give you before walking on for a grand final anything different or is it the nah, same it's the same stuff the yeah. i can't remember too much of the pre-game speech to be honest but it's just the same stuff kind of focuses yeah. and when you talk about obviously enjoying the moment yeah so yeah. can it all win which you do um but yeah, it was pretty nuts. Like it's one of the most enjoyable weeks you could have. Yeah. So fingers crossed get to do it again. Yeah. Um but then on the flip side, when the when the game was over, we'd literally just lost by five points, like under a kick, which is heartbreaking. Bloody tears everywhere. <laughs> I bet. It was it was hard, but um Around that time, I think based on my math, something else pretty important happened in your life. First daughter. She was 2017. She was 2017. Yeah. Yep. Lyle was 2017. They give you um, extra motivation. Yeah. No, they do a little bit. Like she was in the back of the truck with me in the grand final oh, parade. Yeah. I think it's cute. And I, I played my hundredth game in 2018, so she got to run out with me, nice. which is cool. We've got a few photos of that, which is cute. Hundredth consecutive or hundredth column? Just hun I just hundredth oh, game. Hundredth game. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, that was pretty nuts. But being able to obviously share that with them is pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, we'll go into 2019. Sloan was born in the middle of the year. That, um, and then, yeah, we, we made the prelim that year and I think we were tipped to win that game, but we, yeah, we lost that prelim by four points. So that was another heartbreak and you're thinking, oh, bloody hell, another one just falling just short again. So it's just it's so hard after playing what? over 20 games for the season finals yeah, to oh, get that it's, close it's a long year because you start away. training you start in november and then it's yeah. like 10 months later when it's september like 
it's a lot of work you're putting in. Yeah, I remember just as soon as the siren went, I was just heading the ground, like kind of punching the ground, thinking, "Fuck this!" Yeah. this. Sorry for yeah. no, no, you can stay. <laughs> don't worry. We swear on this podcast; it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, then yeah, freaking hell, back to back to square one again. Um, it's gnarly. Yeah, let's talk about. Um, I want to talk about going off what I sort of touched on before. This whole identity thing. Once you had your kids, did that feel like Jack Crisp as a man? change and the purpose and the drive behind it all is a bit different realizing wait a second there's a bit more in life than just this afl thing that i'm obviously so dedicated yeah. and passionate about going okay i've got yeah, some daughters like the, to teach yeah the world. Like the family side is is great like i don't think you, you don't really understand like the effect they can have on you until you have them like yeah um just the, the happiness and joy mm-hmm. yeah like i spoke i quickly mentioned earlier about like win lose or draw you're having a bad day or whatever like some of the games, like if I didn't play well or we'd, lo- we'd lose, I'd come out of the change rooms and I'd just be like, oh, real angry. And then I'd, I'd even just like look up and like kind of see Nikki. As soon as I make eye contact with Nikki or Lala, I'd just like start laughing and be like, Nikki, I'm trying to be angry. Like I played bad or we lost. Just let me be angry. And we'd just start laughing. And it's just that medicine, like happiness, mm. it's just bloody, just changes your whole perspective. Mm. Um yeah, then it's funny. We like care so much and something means that much to us. Yeah, like you're so passionate about it. Exactly, just, which is great. That's where yeah. our drive comes from yeah. to succeed. But then you see your wife, your kids, and you go, "Yeah, oh, wait a second. It's just a game of football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's such a nuts. funny balance. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. What I want to talk with you quickly about because you're getting close to potentially being the most consecutive games ever in the AFL. What's the secret? What's your um, tell me what your training schedule is like for a normal week, and then what your recovery is like, or what you think maybe you might do somewhat different to anybody else. Yeah, so what you're at like two hundred and fifteen games in a row right now, and the next closest consecutive like one hundred and twenty right now. It's crazy. Yeah, it's. I think that's two hundred and nine. Two hundred nine. Yeah, you're getting ahead of yourself. Uh, a bit ahead of myself. Two hundred nine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> two forty four is the most ever. Yep. Okay. So I'm third on the list at the moment. Wow. That's got to be like, there's been what, probably more than 10,000 AFL players ever. Yeah, so over a long period of time. Like when I beat the Collingwood record, that was a 107 year old record. Wow. The Collingwood's one. Yeah, so that's pretty Good nuts. on you, man. That's so cool. Um, but yeah. like you, you get, as you know, you get a bit older, so you put a fair bit more time into the recovery side of things. Um, but I, I don't know, I've just got a lot of trust in my body. Like I think I know if things don't feel right, but saying that I haven't had, many injuries where i go that's an injury yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if i've got tightness or soreness and stuff i feel like i have those conversations at the footy club with the physios and doctors and stuff where you manage really well and the head of strength and conditioning people so you you can be deloaded at times to help with the training loads but um i feel like like i get a lot of hands-on treatment yeah so masseuse physio and i see an osteo at the club as well and then um, the last few years I've been seeing a myotherapist outside in um, like a days off as well for that extra. What's a myotherapist? They kind of do a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's generally I get a lot of massage, some dry needling, yeah. some um, cupping, um, kind of just free up the body a fair mm-hmm. bit. Um, and I also do some infrared saunas and yeah. cryotherapy and ice baths at different times. So yeah. it's a mixture of all that recovery stuff and obviously stretching. But, um, yeah, a lot of hands-on treatment i'd say is a fair bit of work yeah and then um there's a program we do at the footy club that's we call it ip like individual prep yeah. program um you do it before training or in between gym sessions and stuff when you're sore just it's kind of to activate the the little muscles that you really you probably don't know that you have or how they impact your movement in different body parts yeah so for me i focus a lot on my feet uh my back and my hips um because i've had arthroscope each each hip as well and i've had a stress fracture at one stage in my lower back um so it's kind of like managing those and and getting those muscles working so I, you know they support each other so yeah, i'm not yeah, overloading yeah. in yeah. different spots which can cause then obviously different problems in the body um but those yeah that work is been quite um impactful for Myself, I think, yeah. Mm. What about nutrition and supplementation and stuff? Are you pretty onto it with your nutrition, or young kids can sometimes probably throw out the door nutrition when you're trying to yeah, no, prep like, food for I family. I had heaps of education and stuff like that when you're young, coming to AFL system. Like, yeah. 
well, all the kids just moved out of home, yeah, so don't really know how to prepare meals for themselves Toasties. or look after themselves. Yeah, a lot of ham and cheese toasties or hot dogs or something. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'll probably learn how to cook more since we've had the kids. It's yeah. kind of just what happens and I kind of enjoy it more now. But yeah, um, yeah I'm saying pr- like I'm pretty good. Like you know when you need different foods and stuff like that. But in saying that, I don't have the strongest willpower with some dessert. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like I ate so much ice cream. It's the worst. I've got the biggest My, sweet tooth. Yeah. But yeah. No, hey, you got to enjoy the yeah. things in life. Yeah. But yeah, when it comes to work hard, like I'll, I'll work hard. Yeah. So I know I've, I've earned it. Mm. <laughs> have you ever had any injuries that were like, you could probably sit this week out. It's going to be better for your body, but you've been because of the yeah. streak played on or was well, there any in the first hundred of the streak yeah. that you maybe could have sat out, but you're like determined to overcome and grit through the pain that you probably played with in certain games? Yeah, I think so. Like you, know, you saw here and there, like I've had some calf tightness or hammy tightness, but you know, you, if you get a bit of treatment on it at times and you, yeah. you get through fine. But the major ones probably like 2018 or 2017, I had really sore hips going into 2018 and I had sore hips in 2018. Like they get real jammed. Um, and then I think it was the first final when we played West Coast just before halftime was just running and then my back started aching. I was like, what the hell? So I have felt real sore to touch as well. Um, and then like physio at the time kind of knew about it, but um, we didn't scan it because he like, kind of knew what it was. And then like after the season finished, when I got a scan, it was like a, a little, like a stress fracture in my, my lower back. It's like a cricketer's injury apparently, yeah. like the real lowest part of the spine. And I'd never played cricket, so I don't know how I got it. <laughs> um, but, Yes, and then I had my hip surgery on my left side because I had this as well. So it was just like perfect time to yeah. get some recovery. So I wasn't allowed to run for three months. Wow. Like it's about the hip arthroscope is about 12, 16 months recovery, uh, week recovery anyway. But um, I had to let my back settle. So like after a month and a half, I had another scan on my back. And like they said the crack was going to get bigger now before it recovers. So that got bigger. And then so we finished in September and I didn't run till january mid-january um wow. i said nearly four months um but yeah that's that was pretty nuts that's the biggest injury i've had to deal with but, but it came at the right time yeah and then i got my fitness up and then by the time the 2019 season started i was ready to go fucking nice let's go <laughs> yeah let's um it's just like so cool to know that yeah you can maintain such a level of discipline for such a prolonged period of time yeah so you you're at 209 now what is it? Twenty four seasons, twenty four games in a season. Yeah, now yeah, now there is. Yeah, um, plus obviously oh, finals. Plus finals yeah, too. So okay, twenty seven, yeah. depending on if you win the three finals without having to do a fourth. Okay, so you've got a couple more games. So potentially five or six games left this year. Yeah, so we've got two more on the rant. Two more. Yeah. I'm just trying to do the math. Like, could you potentially get to the most ever next year? Nah, I think it's going to be year after. after. I can get second next year. You can get to second because he's two two six is second. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're easy. Yeah. Tell me about that. We we're almost going to have a chat about this off air before we um, started, and you're like, "No, let's kick record." So we're back up to where we were before we started recording. Is that in the back? You said not when you're running on the field, but yeah, now that you're getting close to this record, that. It's kind of a record that other people can't like. It's one of those lengthy records that there's yeah. no like starting again. It's like something that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because I don't have the time. Yeah. For footy. Yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully I've got another 10 years left. Yeah. Years. 10 so, more years. You're on. 400 um, games. Let's go. 400. <laughs> What's the most ever that someone's played? 430 something. 430. Yeah. I like play when at 40. Wow. Might get there. Bloody oath with the way you're going. Um, but yeah, tell me about that. Is that something that does sit on your mind at times or is that something that. Not, not necessarily. Like the only times I really talk about, it, to be honest, is because it's come to light. Because like me asking yeah. about it, <laughs> yeah. And like the, the last two years, especially, it's obviously been forefront of a lot of conversation. Because mm-hmm. um, it's yeah, it's something I'm really proud of. It's quite an amazing achievement. And if I stop and think about it, it's just like this is pretty nuts. Like I wanted to play AFL when I was a kid, and then when I'm on an AFL list, I wanted opportunity, and then here I am making the most of my opportunity. Mm. Which is, you know, I'm always grateful for what I've been given for the opportunity and stuff like that. But obviously humbled with what I've been able to achieve. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's not finished yet. Um, I know. Oh, yeah, right. Keen yeah. to keep going and see how far I can take it and take my career. Um, 
still got a lot of footy left in me. Bloody oath, I'm looking yeah. forward to rest, watching the rest of this season. That's what yeah. I want to get for the last little period of this podcast. Tell me about this year. What's been going on? You guys are at the top of the ladder right now. Clear by a couple points at the top of the ladder. Yeah. What's um what's the vibe in the team this year? What's been different? How are you guys feeling? Yeah, what's what's the magic yeah. formula this year Mate, that has you guys good. at the top of the table? Yeah. Uh we had a big change over last year. So a new head coach, new assistant coaches, uh, a few players change over as well. So it's just kind of a, a fr- bit of a fresh start because we had a ordinary 2021. I think we only won five games and finished second last, whatever it was. Nice. So, yeah, it was just what the club needed, I think, a fresh start. Um, and then we, what we've done this year was just built off last year. Yeah. Um, like a big period of work under the new game plan and um, new environment that um, Flies created for us. And then so and then we had a, quite a solid preseason this year, I think harder than last year. Um, so I think what the boys have been able to do is have a lot of trust in the physical work that we've been able to do, but also um, make sure they're well-educated in our game plan and understanding different roles and scenarios that, we've, that we'll have to go through at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole playing list has been able to buy in really well for that. Um, and we've got a quite quite a healthy list at the moment, to be honest. We haven't really had a lot of major injuries like we have in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so having the having a strong kind of um, a long list of people waiting to come in and play senior footy if the opportunity came, they've just been knocking on the door playing good VFL footy as well. So the vibes are really really high. It's um, it can be quite a stressful time of year as well, knowing that um, you, you kind of and at the end of the year, you know, there's 45 players on the list, but you know, 22 or 23 can take the field. So it's, everyone wants to be playing senior mm-hmm. footy. So it can be can be hard at times, but I think we're doing a really good job at um, sticking together and making sure we're all getting the best out of ourselves and giving ourselves the best opportunity to go deep into September. Yeah, it's going to be good to watch. Do you feel any pressure or expectation now being at the top of the ladder coming in? Um, well, I think we've got two more weeks while we're recording yeah. this. So if you guys win one more game, you win the pre- minor premiership, yeah? Yeah. Does that bring you? Have you won a minor premiership before? Nah, nah. I don't think any of us have. The last time Collingwood won that was 2011, I think. Okay. Yeah, I read somewhere not long ago. Um, but nah, I, I don't. We don't really focus on that too much. The guys are really good at, you know, we go week by week. Yeah, yeah, manage the weeks at when they come and day by day. Um, focus on what we can control on that week and um, execute on game day. But yeah, we're not getting ahead of ourselves or focusing on the ladder and stuff like that. That's that's just focusing on an outcome where yeah. we always um, talk about just focusing on the process because uh, we're a process-driven team, not focused on the outcome. Mm. Um, and, you know, you, the outcome happens because of the process and the, what you do throughout the week. So yeah. there are goals. Absolutely. Good human factor of the stuff I do is kind of about mental health. Along your journey as a pro mm-hmm. athlete, how's your mental health been? Has there been times that have been struggling or times that – you found anything that really helps you maintain that kind of balance? Yeah, um, you know, f- football can be hard at times. You know, the world, no, so I don't want to say world. I'm in Australia. <laughs> on well, your back, and Victoria you're as well. well. Like, yeah. you guys are just the superstars. Of so everything. yeah, you know, everyone's on your bandwagon when you're going well. Mm. Um, but when you when you're not going well, everyone's, you know, feels like they can feel abuse via yeah. social media or whatever it is or say lots of negative things. So it's, that's the biggest problem for for athletes, I think, is just kind of the hate they can cop. Mm. Um, especially especially over with, social. Yeah. yeah, so I know a lot of people struggle with that and there's been a lot more mental health cases these days. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've had a few things go wrong in my life but I've been able to luckily, lucky enough come back to my wife and kids. They're the... They're the bloody anchors that keep you keep you grounded and keep you stable, and mm. they yeah. As we spoke about earlier, remind you that there are more things in life than yeah. You know, football is a obviously is taking after yourself and your family and your friends and yeah. all your supporting environment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they they've been my big I love that big and, support. And, and you can tell from the way that we started the conversation talking about how important family was, going on trips together. Yeah, really having that strong family bond is something that's really translated into your personal life with um, your partner and your kids, it seems like your upbringing set you up to be the man you are today with obviously ups and downs along the journey, but where you are right now, another kid on the way, top yeah. of the ladder, two healthy, beautiful yeah, daughters. Exciting like, cup, 
couple of months coming up. Yeah, don't know, yeah, far out. Don't so know what's going to happen first, the final or the baby. Or oh, I know. Wait, so when's yeah. the due date? Is it like right uh, around the grand final date? Or yeah, well, it? it's due a week after the grand final, but um, baby's measuring heavier than Sloan was at the time. So could be – and Sloan came at 39 weeks, so it could be – Couple of weeks early, could it's, I don't know. Oh, how is that? How's, so unknown. How is that to deal with? Is that something that's obviously when you're on the field, you're not thinking about? Yeah, the phone call of like, hey, I'm rushing to the hospital. No, no, but, but it's going to be like, um, and because we're about thirty minutes away from the hospital where we go, so hopefully it's not in peak hour, and hopefully I'm not at training. This is like Mickey's going to have to have a backpack ready to go, and then um, we've got a family friend that will be able to. If I'm can't get back to get Mickey to the hospital, then someone will come in and help. You got a few bloody plans in place of different yeah. scenarios, but it's going to be exciting slash nervous because it could be any time. Yeah, what do you do if you hypothetically make the grand final? Oh, I'm playing. We've had this conversation. <laughs> You've had this conversation. You're playing. Yeah, yeah, got it. What about a oh, yeah, you can't even miss a game, even if it was a round one game with your streak. Yeah, Obviously, it's not going to be a round one game, I maybe. But Mickey's all on board the streak train, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, right, you got to do it, like you said. Like right, ten years of hard work. <laughs> ten years of hard work without. Yeah, you're literally the guy who's never missed a day of work for ten years. It's um, yeah. it's pretty impressive, man. But mate, I um, I really appreciate you giving me the time to share your story coming into your beautiful house and opening your doors to let me have a bit of a chat and learn about your story. I think it's incredible what you've achieved and I think there's still a lot of your story to go. I'm excited to watch you wave that flag and yeah, hopefully a couple of them over the coming years. It looks like yeah. Collingwood are in a really good place, like you said, with the coaching staff, some new players, some yeah, really inspiring stuff being done by you guys. I remember um, – you guys were just like the last quarter comeback kings for a while. Was that this year or last uh, year? You last year. We had a couple this year, but it was that, mainly, I think, last year. What was year. going on there? Well, Where did the inspiration and the fire come from to well, those big like, comeback? Well, it's kind of what we coach about, you know, never giving in, just keep fighting and scrapping. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was all based off like our work in pre-season where we trained really hard, so we had confidence in our bodies and we knew we could physically outrun teams. Yeah. Um, and we had the GPS started to back it up in the end, which we – were presented at the end of the season last year. So knowing that we had that behind us as well going into preseason this year yeah. to put in even more work and go take another step, which is awesome. So you have GPS in all your jerseys and you guys yeah, run further GPS, and faster we, than yeah. everyone. So they get heaps of data, like yeah, meters wow. per minute and way offensive running, defensive running, acceleration intensity. There's just a whole, I don't know. It's got to draw confidence though in your yeah. mind knowing that you're outworking the other teams with actual data yeah credit it, it helps yeah it definitely helps the confidence and then you know when people have that trust and confidence in each other and it brings energy and then energy mm. gets you going again and again and it's just it's how you eventually run over teams yeah yeah Mate. it's infectious i bet it is yeah. i bet it is it's something that i'll never get the feeling of but i do um <laughs> do appreciate getting to come and watch yeah. you guys and see how you guys do it and getting to chat to you um, yourself and a few other AFL players. It's um, it's a sport that I definitely didn't grow up really watching, but now I watch it. And I'm like so appreciative of what you guys do. He's on the Pies bandwagon. I'm on the Pies bandwagon. Yeah, I got my bloody scarf. I, I was in the locker room waving it around. It's funny. We went out after to a nightclub, and they're like, "Told everyone you have to take it off." And I like wrapped mine around my waist, and people were like, "How do you like get that in here?" I was like, "Melbourne's funny that you can't wear your, the team that you support out because people will get offended." I'm yeah. Just like, oh, mate, it's nuts. If you're going around Richmond. After a game, there'd be people everywhere with their footy colours on still, just from pubs and stuff. It's nuts. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. But, man, I'm um, conscious of your time. It is a Sunday. You've let me into your house. You've got two beautiful daughters who are waiting to be able to come and do some more drawing. So I'm going to wrap this up here. But I do finish all of my Good Humans podcast with the same question. I'm excited to hear what your answer is going to be for this one. So what does being a good human mean to Jack Crisp? Oh, being a good human. I think it's just, just the role model and what people can see in you. So. What I've really loved, um, I love, you know, you don't know what a, a good morning or how, how I uh, can do to people. Mm. That's my big thing. I'm a real positive, upbeat, high energy kind of guy. So I'm walking in the footy club and say morning, just like, and it's a funny way. You say morning, a big smile on your face. Mm. People might be having a crappy morning, but they can't help but say good morning back and lifting their spirits a little bit. So you never know how that can affect people. So that's that's kind of my good human side of things where I'm quite sociable and high energy and kind of let people feed that off me yeah 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 actions and words yeah so yeah that's why i'm always like really up and about and energy energetic um it can rub off really well on people 
Um, never know what effect they can have. Mate, I love that. Well, thank you so much. It's been an honor getting to have a chat to you. Good luck the rest of the season. I'm going to be glued to the screen. And yes, you are. Hopefully, if it's a grand final, I'm going to try and work my way down here because the MCG grand final, when some of your mates are playing, sounds like yeah. something that you'll never forget. So, mate, good luck the rest of the uh, season. Thank and thanks you. for jumping on Good Humans Podcast. Appreciate it. Legend. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.